0: BestBookBits.com brings you Three Feet from Gold, Turn Your Obstacles into Opportunities by Sharon L. Lecter and Greg S. Reed. This remarkable business allegory tells a fascinating story in presenting the key principles of Napoleon Hill's revolutionary bestseller, Think and Grow Rich. While you follow a struggling young entrepreneur through a life-changing series of encounters with some of today's foremost business leaders and inspirational figures, you'll find encouragement, and motivation to believe in yourself, discover your own personal success equation, and to never give up. You were just three feet from gold. A century ago, Napoleon Hill began the research that ultimately resulted in his extraordinary bestseller, Think and Grow Rich. Since its publication in 1937, with more than 100 million copies sold worldwide, the book has inspired generations of men and women to turn their dreams into reality with its wise and effective principles of self-motivation, leadership, service and achievement culled from Hill's interviews with visionaries of his day. Now, hundred years later, in Three Feet from Gold... A young entrepreneur whose life is falling apart finds himself retracing hill steps after a serendipitous encounter with a powerful businessman who sees a young man's potential and sets him on challenging journey of personal, spiritual, and financial growth. Sharon Allector, co-author of the number one New York Times bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and Greg S. Reed, a successful author and in-demand motivational speaker, have given us more than the story of one man's Dogged Pursuit of Success. They deliver an effective equation for accomplishing goals that calls for combined passion and talent, taking action with right association, and above all, else, having faith that you are on the right path. On with the book summary. Introduction. The author reminds us that the story of Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich is about gold diggers who abandon their quest just three steps away from a gold mine. This lesson is the central pillar of three feet from gold. Do not give up on the road to success. Do not give up on the road to success. The purpose of this book is to renew the hope and courage at the center of Napoleon Hill's work. Like Hill, the author questions leaders of our generation on how they preserved and went on to enjoy success. How do these people avoid giving up? We follow Greg, going through turmoil on his quest for success. Editor's note, the characters of Jonathan, Buckland, Mia, and David are fictional. Chapter 1, Running on Empty. Greg gets into a taxi, unpleasant and condescending to the driver, and then realizes that the waiter from the restaurant he had just left gave him the wrong jacket. At first glance, he's happy because he gets the better deal. His jacket was old, and this one is new and much more expensive. Greg aims to portray an image of the perfect, successful entrepreneur, when in fact the reality is quite different. He runs a small marketing company, but it is riddled with debt and not very interested in his work. He is in a relationship, but it's floundering, and he puts on a show of happiness, but he is not happy. He gets home and finds a surprise. His apartment is empty. Mia, his girlfriend, has left him. He would have known if he hadn't nonchalantly ignored the doorman's warning. Then, a business card falls from his new jacket, Jonathan Buckland, the city's most high-profile businessman. Could this be Jonathan's jacket? Greg rejoices a second time and already sees a great opportunity. He says to himself that in the end, it may just be his lucky day. The one where he meets Jonathan Buckland, which is worth more than a mere jacket. Chapter 2 The Awakening Greg goes to Buckland's impressive office, even for him, the important entrepreneur. When he enters the building, Greg remembers when, as a child, his father took him on a business trip. He was so happy then. What happened between then and now for him to end up so unfulfilled? Greg exits the elevator, pushes a man waiting for the elevator out of the way, and rushes to the front desks and asks for Buckland. The person he pushed and rebuffed as the elevator was none other than Buckland himself. Masterfully, the latter puts Greg at ease and thanks him warmly for his jacket. A conversation follows between the two men about life and one's attitude towards it. Buckland explains the concept of the great Charlie Jones to Greg. In five years time, you'll be the same person with two exceptions. The books you have read and the people you have met the books you have read, and the people you have met. Greg reveals his glass half-full theory. A glass is half-full or half-empty, according to how you look at it. Was the glass initially completely empty or completely full? Enthusiastically, Buckland notes down this sentence and tells Greg how important it is to always make a note when you hear an interesting thought. Back home, Greg received a gift that his doorman delivers. In fact, he thanks him and gives him a tip, which he hadn't done for a long time. Buckland has already sent him a gift, a plane ticket and the book, Think and Become Rich by Napoleon Hill. Greg will meet Don, the President of the Napoleon Hill Foundation. Chapter 3 Sowing the Seeds Don tells Greg the story of the gold diggers who abandoned their search very near a gold mine. The rest of the story is that another man buys the land where the exploration was taking place hires an engineer to refine the search and guessed what he swiftly discovers a gold mine only three feet away the differences between this gold digger and others are he was passionate about gold he did not give up he knew that failure was only a temporary step toward success failure was only a temporary step towards success where he finds out about his buyer's success the first digger understands his mistake he was never really passionate about gold, but passionate about the insurance industry. Consequently, he takes the lessons learned from his failure and his success's success and applies them to his field of choice, the insurance business, and was successful. Don reminds Greg of the three essential steps that lead to success. Seek expert advice when it is outside of one's competence. Never give up when you are three feet away from gold. And when you eventually encounter success, take people who need help under your wing. Share the lessons you have learned with them. Chapter 4, In A Rut On the way back, Greg realizes that for everyone he knows who has failed, the reason is the same, giving up. He remembers Don's recommendations and draws a parallel with his own situation. He loves marketing and selling, however lately has spent most of his time solving accounting problems. He notes the first sentence in his diary, work your strengths and use your weaknesses. Then he meets Buckland again to share his experience with Don. Buckland asks him what he intends to do with Don's recommendations. Greg tells him that he will use them right away and seek the advice of competent people and apply it to his business. Buckland laughs and explains his vision of things. If Greg wants to write a book and ask his family and friends for advice, what does he think he will get? Only words of warnings. Yet these people have never written a book. If Greg turns to a seasoned author, what will he get? Valuable advice. Buckland's message is as follows. Seek advice, not opinions or views. Then pass them on when it's your turn. Advice is the fruit of wisdom and experience, which comes from an expert, while an opinion or a view is a result of an individual or collective ignorance. With Greg present, Buckland calls Ron Glosser, who runs a large investment fund, and asks him what advice has led to his success. Ron's response is immediate. Never make decisions in a rut. Ron explains that decisions must be made when you're at the top of a mountain, never in a valley. He says we have to let the storm pass. Who makes good decisions... When things are turbulent. Ron goes on to explain that to achieve the objective, it is necessary to act as if, that is to say, as if we have already achieved our goal. If we act as if we have already achieved this goal, then it is more likely to materialize. Buckland underlines Ron's words by giving Greg his definition of a goal. A goal is a paper dream, according to Buckland. Every day we decide what meaning we give to our lives. Every day is a potential step towards our goal. He tells Greg the inspiring story of a friend of his, Bill. Bill had lost everything to his friends, his money, everything, while he had previously enjoyed much success. Except for one friend who sent him a Christmas card. This gave him the strength to start all over again from nothing. He is now a talented author who shares his experience with conferences, All over the world. Instead of adopting victimized behavior, Bill was able to take a good look at himself and turn an initially unpleasant situation to his advantage, sharing with others how he had made the best of it. How do we want to help victims? Before we get on with chapter five, really quickly, we at Best Book Bits have done over 1,000 book summaries in video written in audio format. So subscribe to the YouTube channel, check us out on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. I also do personal one-on-one coaching and consulting. So if you need some coaching in personal development or you're a business owner, startup, or founder that wants to grow your business or do business consulting, Also, I help people run YouTube channels. I help busy entrepreneurs and experts write books as well and set up podcast shows. So if you need any of those things, click the link below and jump on a free 15-minute chat with me on with the book summary. Chapter 5, Remarkable. David, Greg's great childhood friend and brother in spirit, calls him and leaves him nine messages, which irritates Greg due to David's alcoholism. Their relationship is tense and Greg feels helpless towards his brother. Greg arrives in Las Vegas to meet another friend of Buckland. When he sees the taxi queue and compliments the wait, his friend's reaction is to complain. While queuing for a taxi, he hears two women talking about San Diego, his hometown. It doesn't take much for him to join the conversation. Greg smiled as he learned that, initially, the taxi queue was something negative. Then it took a turn for the better and it allowed him to meet and chat with interesting people. It became an opportunity only because he created it. The two women are on their way to an awards ceremony for 18 to 40 year old entrepreneurs. They have two different backgrounds. One is a former Miss America that helps detect child predators online. The other is a teacher whose explosive approach is the subject of a film starring Hilary Swank. With Greg, they share their respective visions of success. The first one believes that everyone can contribute to the world by sharing their story. Once a dream becomes a reality, it turns into a responsibility to the world. The second advocates focus on one's faith, perform only one task at a time, and focus the ultimate goal, not on temporary obstacles. In the taxi, Greg calls Mia for the umpteenth time, but his ex-girlfriend still doesn't pick up, so he leaves yet another message. He then realizes that he adopts exactly the same behavior as Mia when it comes to his brother David. Chapter 6, The Success Formula Greg meets another friend of Jonathan's called Jack, creator of Velcro. Jack used an amazing method to access his market. He sold his product to five industry leaders who went on to sell them to their own customers. A total of 5 billion Velcros have been sold worldwide. Jack takes Greg's notebook and writes down his equation for success. P plus T times A times A equals success. P being passion. T being talent. A being association. That is to say, working with the right people. A is also actions. That said, how do you find your passion and talent and then connect them? Jack explains this technique, takes a sheet of paper and splits it in half. Make a list of 10 passions on one side of the sheet, then 10 talents on the other. First, find the why. Then scratch them out one by one until there is only one each side, the most important one. It is then a question of linking them to get to the why, the raison d'etre, or reason to be in English. Once these two are connected, good associations and the right actions will make success possible. Chapter 7. Passion Greg takes the plane again, this time to Atlanta, to meet another friend of Buckland's. On the plane, he meets a small female jockey who explains her path to success. She is curious to know more about Greg who tells her that he is looking for his why, and explains Jack's method. Greg makes a list of his passions and talents. In summary, he likes to write, he's a good salesman, he likes to be in contact with aspiring leaders, and enjoys sharing their successes. The jockey now has a clear vision. Greg must write and share the stories of successful people. A book publisher listens in and joins their conversation. This starts to feel like an airborne mastermind the publisher shares his experience after 22 years with no success he published a bestseller only two years ago he knew this would happen he did not simply think so he was convinced of it then he talks about the difference between knowing and thinking knowing is being sure being convinced thinking however is merely trying to convince yourself he draws a parallel with love would you take the same approach knowing that your great love awaits you somewhere or thinking that someone is waiting for you somewhere. In the first instance, you are more likely to be composed in your quest and you will take closer and closer steps towards the person destined for you, but this would not apply in the second instance. Chapter 8 Stop Planning Greg meets Truett Cathy a business leader who made a fortune in the fast food industry. This is the person who invented the chicken sandwich. Greg asks him what his recipe for success is. True it right off the bat, stop planning. When you have the why, the how happens on its own, provided you don't lose sight of the why. He illustrates his conviction using a street. Let's say you want to get to the end of the street. Some people focus on the steps to get there, Truett looks around him, notes whether someone has left a skateboard or a bike lying around so we can get there faster. The most important thing for him is to keep the destination in mind. The path will emerge naturally. He also shares his company's vision with Greg. The main one is to focus on people rather than profit. Truett thinks that by looking after his employers, logically they will in turn look after the business. That's what's happened to him. At the end of the chapter, Greg calls David, his alcoholic brother, and gets angry because he's still drinking. Then Greg realises that it is not his job to save him. He can only offer to help him. And it is then up to David to seize the opportunity if he wants to. Chapter 9, Guided by the Goal Greg remembers another good trip from Buckland. Lots of people get good advice, but few really benefit from it. Will you take advantage of it? He realises something and leaves a message for his brother David, offering to help him if he wishes to go to rehab again. If that's what he wants, Greg will support him. Greg realises that his company is not part of his why. He decides to sell it to his employers who greatly deserve it. This is part of the Transmission logic expressed by Buckland. He asks Don Green, president of the Napoleon Hill Foundation, if he can write a book with the support of the foundation. Don Green receives dozens of similar requests a day, which he refuses every time. But this situation is different. Greg made the effort to come and ask him in person, which changes things in Don's view. He gives Greg a letter of recommendation, as Andrew Carnegie had done in 1908, for Napoleon Hill for him to exploit as best he can. Greg has no more money, but does not lose sight of his goal. He wants to set up seven meetings in the following months with successful entrepreneurs. He realizes that it is the most successful people who are the most inclined to share their recipe. Also, he realizes that those who have no time for sharing were ultimately trapped in the system, not really knowing who they were. Thanks to Don Green, Greg goes to a charity event and talks to one of his sporting heroes. He asks him what distinguishes him from other boxers and his response is forthcoming. Better standards than the rest. And then he draws a parallel with a car. To have the most beautiful car, you have to look after it. Polish it. Give it constant attention. He does the same with sport. He is the first to arrive and the last to leave. Never loses sight of his goal. Although he feels the blows he gets, he ignores them and instead thinks of those he inflicts. He uses all his energy for this. As in life, do not focus on the setbacks but use your energy to recover and move forward. And when the victory prevails, we forget those setbacks. Chapter 10, Masterminds. Greg and Buckland go to Buckland's mastermind session. It is a regular meeting of a group of five people. Buckland says that in terms of salary, attitude, and lifestyle, we mirror the five people with whom we spend most of our time. Greg and Buckland talk about Greg's last meeting with Dave Linger, founder of one of the most important real estate networks in the United States. The message he gets from Dave is the following. Proving oneself to be right, not to others, even if that can be the initial inspiration. Knowing that we are on the right path, one's own path, a productive path that leads to a good thing. Work leads, opportunities, other positive possibilities. At The Mastermind, the other four successful entrepreneurs share the following message with Greg. It's a thin line between success and failure. Decisions must be made based on vision, not on past events. Success depends on the number of no's that can be endured without damaging motivation. Or better still, that strengthen that motivation. Success is a reward that follows failures. Do not spend time with people who give up. On the contrary, spend time with people who pursue their dreams. Energy binds people. Greg wanted to meet seven people that month. That was his goal that he had set for himself he believed in his why but he had no idea and the four people all came along in one go he flies off to meet someone new in the fiji islands chapter 11 fiji and much more greg has arrived in fiji and he's got an hour to kill before his mysterious rendezvous at 7 pm he sits at a beach cafe and sees a man frantically writing given his new habit He engages the man in conversation and asks him what he does in life. It turns out that that man is John Hope Bryant, founder of an NGO that is also an investment fund. He shares his secret. Success is to go from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. Us humans make mistakes, which is not to say that we are mistakes. John is also a writer who is finalizing a speech that he is going to give. For John, 10% of our attitude is determined by what life offers up, the remaining 90%, by what we do with it. I drew a parallel with the world of work. If we are not happy in a particular job, then it's up to us to change that. For John, every wealth creator must have two things clear in their minds, vision and mission. Greg finally meets his last contact who is none other than Mia, his ex-girlfriend. They reconnect and Mia is impressed by the man he has become. She tells Greg that David is going to rehab. On his return, Greg warmly thanks Buckland for this caring conspiracy regarding Mia. He realizes that one of the most common denominators of leaders he has met is that they all have a long-term loving relationship. Greg sets a goal of finishing his book by the end of the year. He has meetings with publishers in vain. He remembers the quote, to get something going, you need two bits of courage, that of starting, that of not giving up. Chapter 12, Believe in Yourself. Greg endures failure after failure in the quest to get his book published. Mia suggests he calls one of his mentors to get some clarity. He calls the great Charlie Jones, who shares the story of Norman Vincent Peale, author of The Power of Positive Thinking. Norman also dropped everything and threw away his first book's manuscript in the trash. His wife spotted it, fished it out, and sent it to a publisher. The book was only published 25 times, but it only gave him the strength to continue. He then wrote the bestseller, The Power of Positive Thinking, which is still published to this day. His message is the following: Everyone has been given a situation where they want to drop everything. The key is to take action despite the fear. Charlie Jones recommends that Greg ask Don, president of Napoleon Hill Foundation, to show him the letter that Hill sent to his wife while he was on the road and wasn't yet successful. It was a letter that asked his wife to encourage him, every day, twice a day, because if he knew he was going to succeed, having someone else believing in him and constantly telling him was his fuel. If he had that encouragement, then he would be able to keep going and bring in the bacon. Greg talks to James, a specialist in PMA, Positive Mental Attitude. He tells him that Hill, broke and rejected by all the publishers at the event, only had a few dollars left in his pocket. With his remaining money, he bought one night in a luxury suite at a swanky hotel and invited the publishers. When they saw the lavishness of the suite, they figured that he knew what he was doing, that he did not need money, and instantly made him great offers. James said to Greg, we doubt our beliefs, but we believe our doubts. Believe in yourself, and the world will believe in you. Greg is full of self-pity and gradually takes on the attitude of a victim. Don Green calls Greg and explains that he cannot wait for a sign to appear if he does not believe in it in the first place. First, you have to believe in it and then spot the signs, not the other way around. Greg has a call with Joe Donnelly, another successful entrepreneur, who used to be a salesman and was considered slow at school. His mother believed in him. She never stopped reiterating, You were slow, that's a fact, but once you get something in mind, it's there for good. He believed his mother and never lost sight of this. Today he runs a multinational cosmetic company. He shares the lesson he has learned. Grab your advantage or someone else will. Yes, he was slow, but he remembered everything and he made this his strength. He sets out his vision of success for Greg, becoming a work creator and not just a worker. Seek out your opportunity, rather than wait for it to come to you. David went back to drinking, disappointing for Greg and for him. Greg tells him to sleep, press the reset button and next day and not drink on that new day. One day at a time. Chapter 14, Attitude Greg tries to change his outlook in relation to events. He has to believe, him above all, for others to believe. He rereads a note in his diary. If you want something to change, change the way you look at it. Greg sets up a new meeting with a bigger publisher in New York. The meeting goes very well. He makes Greg an offer. Very low for the book itself. He tells himself that he's missing something in this challenge to get himself published, but can't see what it is. Then he remembers that he has to look at things differently for them to change. He tells himself that getting an offer is an excellent start, which drives his motivation. Then he remembers another quote, highlight the positive, put a spotlight on the negatives. He calls Charlie and asks him what's missing for him to get published. Charlie explains that what he's missing is a professional writer, someone who will help him embellish the book and the story, someone experienced. Putting a spotlight on this weakness makes him realize that he needs to hire someone with the missing competence. Chapter 15, Association. Greg calls Don Green to share his conversation with Charlie and the idea of teaming up with an experienced writer. Greg thinks this makes sense and that the most important thing is the message, not making his own mark. Don gives him a contact to call, Sharon Lecter, who notably worked on Rich Dad, Poor Dad and other successful books. In fact, Sharon was working with John Hope Bryant, the writer who was fine-tuning his speech on the island of Fiji. Sharon agrees to work with Greg. She will rewrite the book so that the reader experiences it rather than just reads it. Sharon advised Greg to interview more women so that the reader can identify with more leaders. Greg goes to Tennessee. On the plane, keeping up tradition, he engages his neighbor in conversation. The man is wearing sunglasses. Greg thinks he might be a Hollywood star. Another airborne mastermind happens with other passengers. The man wearing sunglasses turns out to be a trainee astronaut, the only one in the world to be accepted on this program without a degree, who wants to create a space elevator, which seems mad. The man explains to Greg that he isn't mad. He knows that It is the next likely progression in this domain. He draws a parallel with a better-known subject. If you knew you had the cure for cancer, what would stop you? It's not a question of what allows you to progress, more a question of what might stop you in your tracks if you knew you could change the world. Greg answers nothing. Greg relates to this. He feels he can change the world by contributing his book. The disappointment and delays don't matter. He won't change his course. He meets Debbie Fields, founder of a cookie empire. She had a mother who didn't believe in her, who kept saying to her that she would fail. Instead of listening to her, she used it as motivation. The message that Greg retains from this is, don't let others get in your way. Turn adversity into your advantage. Use their doubts as a catalyst. Debbie shares his, her vision of life. Run on quicksand. If you don't move, you sink. You have to keep moving, keep trying, carry on, and not risk inertia through fear of what could happen. If you let this happen, you drowned. Chapter 16, The Courage to Change. Greg goes to a leader seminar where he meets Frank Maguire, the Speaker. He was one of the first FedEx affiliates. The bit in the book, Think and Grow Rich the Most, resonates with Frank is the passage where the gold diggers give up just before discovering the gold mine. For once, Greg wasn't recommended by Bucklin or Don Green. He approaches him to find out if he would be as helpful as the other personalities he has previously interviewed. The answer is yes. He is just as helpful. How can I help you is always the helpful person's opening question. Frank shares his recipe for success. Never give up. He talks about Kennedy and Colonel Sanders, the founder of KFC. Who could have imagined their success apart from themselves? They are the ones who never stopped believing. Once one has found one's reason to believe, one must never give up. Frank explains how he came to work with the founder of FedEx. Everyone thought he was mad. Frank knew that. The service launched and all was working well. Then the fax machine arrived. FedEx was going to lose 50% of its turnover. With each frustration that came about, the founder rolled up his sleeves and redoubled his creative efforts and adapted. Frank explains that if you visualize your success, you can make it happen. You have to stop pitying yourself and keep digging. Gold is nearby. Chapter 17, Not Giving Up. Greg is about to leave the seminar when someone tells him to stay. The talk coming up will be interesting. It will be about direct sales. How to sell something once to one person directly and get a percentage of what will be sold onward by that person. Greg is reticent, but then realises that his format works in exactly the same way as the book he is writing. He wants to write it once and get paid in the future when people benefit from his work. Chapter 18, The Courage to Succeed. Greg meets Genevieve Boss, founder of Pink Magazine. Her market was a difficult one. The competition was dropping prices and margins were tight. Genevieve decides to look at things differently. She decides to find sellers who would pay a license in order to sell their products abroad. As a result, she was able to secure foreign markets to sell franchises of her business without having to sell the product. But then it was too late for the competition when they realized what was happening. Genevieve explains that she always tries to imagine the worst possible scenario, and if she agrees with the potential situation, she goes for it. Being aligned with the worst possible scenario, she's talking about never letting errors define who we are as a woman genevieve thinks that one must not lose sight of one's femininity when competing with men in the business world for her the key to success is faith this is what will determine failure or success chapter 19 the rolodex approach greg don and sharon all recognize the common denomination of all people greg has interviewed their wisdom As a result of understanding their why they do a test and call upon personalities outside the us to check their theory every successful entrepreneur shares the reason for their determination their why was far bigger than themselves like a goal to accomplish for the world don explains that one day he receives a compliment from a reader about the publication date of think and grow rich the reader feels this book is no longer relevant Don replies by saying that it is like the law of gravity. Some things don't change. Greg goes through another difficult time. He endures yet more refusals for his book, and his finances are tight. He doesn't understand why he doesn't succeed, whereas he is doing everything he can. Then, in Don's office, he reads personal notes made by Napoleon Hill about failure. It's part of the journey. It will make the taste of success that much sweeter. Each failure will have its equivalent success. Maintaining a PMA is essential to obtaining the latter. Greg promises himself to proceed with more positive attitude. Chapter 20, A New Beginning It's Buckland's birthday. One of his friends explains that a leader will take others to places that would not otherwise have gone to themselves. Two women talk about their background in setting up an NGO that helps orphans across the world. They are in line to win the Nobel Prize. For them... This would not be a victory for themselves, but for all those who fight to help children. Greg takes note of the following message. Do as if and never believe, never. Let events and people surprise you in a positive way. Greg realizes that listening to precious advice is one thing. Applying it is quite another. Every leader he has met chose the kind of wisdom that suited them, internalized it, and applied it in their life. Greg also meets a famous footballer that had a film made about him. Before the film was made, he had to meet a writer who never showed up at the arranged lunch. After a three-hour wait, the footballer goes out for some air and seeing a smiling postman engages in conversation with him. Thanking him for the smile during this hard day, the postman shares his story and the footballer his. The postman feels bad for the player. Worried even, he decides to give him the writer's address as he had just delivered a letter to him 30 minutes earlier. The player goes to the writer's home and says to him with humour, we had a lunch meeting scheduled, you're late, and it worked. The lesson he draws from this experience is, don't give up five minutes before the miracle. Chapter 21, The Launch. The book publication is right on track. Sharon's expertise opens doors to the best publishers in the United States, and the context of the economic crisis is favourable for the publishing of book about hope. Enthusiasm was the flavor of the day for the publishers. Sharon contributes a variable to the success equation. P plus T times A times A plus B equals success. B equals belief. Don, Sharon, and Greg look for a publisher with the same belief as them. They set up a meeting with Buckland in a month's time, having said to themselves that they will have an offer by then. One month later... They didn't have one, but four. They agree on which publishers to go with and choose the book's title, Three Feet from Gold. As a symbolic gesture, Buckland presents the jacket that initially brought them together. To Greg, as a gift, the student becomes the teacher and starts the new chapter of his life. That's a wrap on this book summary, Three Feet from Gold. If you want the PDF summary, click the link below to download this. We at Best Book Bits have done over 1,000 book summaries in video, written, and audio format. We do one-on-one personal coaching. We do YouTube management, help people write books, set up podcasts as well. So if you need some personal development coaching or business consulting, click the link below to book in a free 15-minute chat with me and see if we can work together. Thanks so for watching and listening. Have yourself an amazing day. Take care. Bye-bye now.